0: Welcome to this week's episode of CTSNet's podcast, The Beat. I am your host, Dr. Brian Mitzman, thoracic surgeon with the University of Utah Health System and the Huntsman Cancer Institute in Salt Lake City. CTSNet Beat focuses on the latest research, news, and interviews from the world of cardiothoracic surgery. In addition, you can keep up with the latest cardiothoracic news by subscribing to the CTSNet Journal and News Scan. It's the last week of January, so that means it's almost time for the Society of Thoracic Surgeons annual conference. In this episode, we'll review some of the exciting abstracts and talks planned for the meeting, along with the creative social events the program committee has come up with. We'll also review a recent submission to CTSNet discussing the Moffitt technique for robotic lobectomy. Finally, we'll take a look at a recent publication in the European Journal of Cardiothoracic Surgery that was included in CTS NetJans last week, discussing techniques for chest tube placement and management in a COVID-19 patient. Like many of you, I look forward to the Society of Thoracic Surgeons meeting every year, not only for the educational talks and presentations, but also the opportunity to network and see old friends, colleagues, and mentors. Last year's conference in New Orleans was fantastic, but the world has changed in the last 12 months. Like most conferences, STS 2021 is being held virtually, and takes place this weekend from Friday through Sunday. For all you trainees out there, registration is free, yes, free, for candidate and pre-candidate members. Don't miss out. Let's jump into it and take a look at some interesting abstracts planned for this year's STS. On Friday, in the Minimally Invasive Cardiac and Robotic Surgery session, Sam Bulky from the University of Chicago will be presenting their data on robotic off-pump totally endoscopic coronary bypass grafts. Over seven years, Dr. Bulky has performed 539 T-cabs, over 500. That's a massive amount, even for somebody who uh, specializes in robotic cardiac surgery. Half of these patients had coronary anastomoses with the C-port Flex-A distal stapler, which unfortunately is no longer used because it is no longer made by the company. The second half of the patient cohort had a primary suture technique with 7-0 suture. The authors report a 0.9% mortality, average OR time of about six hours, and length of stay of two to three days. As one of the most experienced robotic TCAB surgeons in the world, this is going to be a phenomenal presentation. Am I biased? Of course I'm biased. I trained at the University of Chicago, and Dr. Balki is an old mentor of mine. That doesn't change the fact that this is a remarkable cohort of patients with excellent results. If you don't know anything about TCAbs, this is a talk that, you, that really should not be missed. Saturday morning, in the top-ranking general thoracic abstract session, Dr. Peter Neuerts from The Ohio State University will be presenting their STS general thoracic database analysis on the national trends in segmentectomy use over the last 20 years. The STS database has become a powerful tool for cardiothoracic surgeons, especially when it comes to looking at trends. There are now two separate ways of utilizing the STS data. Option one is through the Access and Publications Task Force. Submit a major data request, and if accepted, you'll receive support directly from the STS and the Duke Clinical Research Institute, where the data is housed. The other option is through the Participant User File Research Program, where the PUF can be purchased and analyzed with your institution's own statisticians. Dr. Neuert's abstract shows a steady increase in the use of segmentectomy, decrease in complications, and decrease in proportion of high-risk patients receiving the operation. I think this is another useful segmentectomy teaser, as I like to call it, as we wait for the full data from the CalGB 140503 study. Now, I'm particularly curious to find out how the authors accounted for the high number of surgeons who report large wedge resections to the database as segments, just for billing purposes. This is an ongoing and unethical problem in our field. This abstract looks fantastic, and I'm very much looking forward to this presentation. As with every STS annual meeting, there are numerous industry symposias scheduled. While these are normally held in the exhibition hall and allow for talks from leaders in a more intimate and interactive setting, the STS has done an excellent job in providing a virtual platform to continue this experience. I'm a robotic thoracic surgeon, and over the years, I've always enjoyed the intuitive sessions. This year, we can look forward to two intuitive sessions scheduled on Sunday. Dr. Manu Sinchetti from Emory will be discussing his robotics journey and how to start a robotic program, while Drs. Min Kim and William Sai will focus on robotic esophagectomy. For you cardiac folk, there are over a dozen other sessions scheduled from various industry partners with talks from leaders in our field. Check out the STS program for a full listing. Now the fun stuff. Listen, I've got to hand it to Dr. Juan Crestinello and his annual meeting workforce. They've done a fantastic job in coming up with creative networking and social events for this year's meeting. While nothing will live up to STS's 50th annual meeting in 2014, when under Dr. Wood's reign, the STS took over the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando, I think there are some great virtual events lined up. For all you Peloton enthusiasts out there, there are several group rides scheduled. Join us at 7 a.m. Eastern each of the days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I know that there are several Peloton addicts in the STS leadership, so don't miss the opportunity to take them on. Make sure to add the tag hashtag STS Pelotoners and set it as the primary leaderboard tag so that you can be part of the STS exclusive group during the ride. The main Friday night social event is an improv show from the Second City. Having spent three years in Chicago, I'm very familiar with the group and will guarantee that this will be a hilarious event not to be missed. For those that are not familiar with the Second City, As NPR describes, they're an unparalleled incubator of talent, launching the careers of a who's who of Hollywood, television, and Saturday Night Live. Notable alums include John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Gilda Radner, Bill Murray, Martin Short, Rick Moranis, Stephen Colbert, Chris Farley, Mike Myers, Steve Carell, Tina Fey. I can go on and on and on. This special Second City event will include sketches specifically written for a cardiothoracic surgery audience. Do not miss it. Saturday Night has four concurrent virtual events scheduled. Bourbon with a Surgeon, led by two top-rated bourbon experts from the Louisville Convention Visitors Bureau. Guac with a Doc, hosted by the RK Culinary Group. Family Trivia Night, which, yes, allows for virtual teams. And finally, a discussion with Darcy Gector, the first and only woman to kayak the Amazon from source to sea. I can spend this entire podcast talking about Darcy Gector's accomplishments and how amazing her talk will be. All of these events are so fantastically thought out and planned that I personally have no idea which one to attend. That's all I have regarding the upcoming meeting. It looks to be a fantastic program, and I look forward to seeing some of you at the social events. Let's switch gears. One of the best aspects of CTSNet is the ability to submit interesting operative videos and share your techniques with the cardiothoracic community. Recently, Dr. Jacques Fontaine from Moffitt Cancer submitted a video of a robotic right lower lobectomy utilizing what they are calling the Moffat technique for a T3N1 adenocarcinoma. I've been fortunate to train with some of the gurus of robotic thoracic surgery over the years, and I found this video to be quite unique in technique and definitely worth watching. Most of us choose to perform our robotic lobectomies with either the curved bipolar or long bipolar grasper and a caudier. In this video, Dr. Fontaine shows us their technique of using the vessel sealer along with the fenestrated bipolar. While I personally don't usually like to use the vessel sealer in the chest for lung cases, I have to admit their case was quite hemostatic and it worked quite well. They do switch over to the monopolar spatula, which is an instrument I usually reserve for robotic decortications and not lobectomies, so it was interesting to see its use here. Again though, Dr. Fontaine shows us a slick technique and it gets the job done. Around 2 minutes and 30 seconds is the subcarinal dissection, which I think is one of the more interesting aspects of this video. The authors advocate for an extensive complete lymphadenectomy, stripping all tissue from the inferior pulmonary vein to the carina, between the posterior bronchus intermedius and esophagus, and down to the pericardium. For a patient without obvious N2 disease, I'm not sure if there's actual oncologic benefit to such an extensive dissection, and I do worry about using the vessel sealer directly up against the bronchus. That said, Dr. Fontaine shows us some beautiful anatomy and clearly gets every bit of nodal tissue. If we fast forward to minute four, we also see him use the vessel sealer to take the posterior ascending branch of the pulmonary artery. While there have been numerous studies showing the safety of advanced bipolar devices on smaller PA branches, many thoracic surgeons are still quite hesitant to do so. Dr. Fontaine shows us that the robotic vessel sealer provides excellent hemostasis on the branch and is a better option than using a bulky stapler, which likely wouldn't have had the correct angle or space. All in all, Dr. Fontaine does a superb job with an advanced lung cancer, and I highly recommend watching his video to learn some new techniques you can use in your own cases. Last on the list today is a recently published paper in the European Journal of Cardiothoracic Surgery that we featured in the CTSNet Journal and News Scan last week. It is entitled, Plural Complications in Patients with Coronavirus Disease 2019, How to Safely Apply and Follow Up with a Chest Tube During the Pandemic. Dr. Keenan Salen reports his institution's experience of 542 COVID-19 hospitalized patients between March and May 2020. A total of 13 underwent chest tube insertion, approximately 3% of his cohort. For those of us that have worked in COVID-19 units, we all know the chance of pneumothorax requiring chest tube in this population is quite high. My previous institution in New York had a pneumothorax rate around 6%. The most important aspect of this paper is their technique. Surgical chest tube placement in a COVID-19 patient is an aerosol-generating procedure. Further, for patients that are placed on water seal, there's a risk of a constant generation of aerosolized particles from the spout on the chamber. The authors here use two techniques for preventing this aerosolization. First, they filled the water seal chamber with 80% alcohol rather than saline. As the authors note, other papers have advocated for mixing bleach into the water seal chamber. Secondly, the authors also hooked a HEPA filter directly to the water seal bottle system. Similarly, back in April, CTSNet posted an article describing a technique of fitting a ventilator filter to the chest tube apparatus in order to prevent aerosolization. While COVID-19 will hopefully start to slow down in the coming months, we still need to protect our team of healthcare workers. This manuscript is a reminder of other ways COVID-19 can be aerosolized and provides some expert tips on how to keep your team safe. Thank you for listening to this week's Beat. If you have an idea for a future episode or would like to come on and chat about recent events in the cardiothoracic community, please get in touch with us at ctsnet.org. I can personally be found on Twitter using the handle at Brian Mitzman. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Keep an eye out for Jan's, the CTSnet Journal and News Scan, where we pick the highest impact stories for you. For myself and the rest of the CTSnet team, thank you for spending time with us and see you next week.